0: loaded and rolling. I'm your host, Thomas Watson. This is episode two of free range, all natural, no teleprompter kind of content here. Tried it the first time, A-B testing, going for round two. want to sound a little more authentic. And speaking of authentic things, we're gonna be talking today about trucking and social media. It's something that a lot of people do, uh, but sometimes it can feel very begrudgingly. And part of my job is also doing social media. So this has been a learning process everyone but luckily for us today i'm bringing in a social media expert content creator and meme master himself so we're gonna dive right in today gonna be welcoming justin martin here if you don't know justin he was from back the truck up what the truck and freight waves he does it all 15 years as a veteran driver as well and he's one of the individuals that you want to talk to and find out what's going on in the social media space what's the tip of the spear this is the guy justin welcome pleasure to have you on Thanks for having me. So before we get into the social media stuff, tell us about, uh, you know, when you were a driver, what was what was it like doing it for 15 years? And was there even a social media game back then? Uh,
1: totally different way back in the day, especially start early on. Most companies had like a no social media policy. They didn't want, at least the companies I drove for, um, I was only specialized sensitive freight. Um, so one, they didn't want their logo plastered everywhere. And also they didn't want you putting out your, information on where you were located uh, out there to the public. Um, but the, di- the times are different now. A lot of companies actually uh, approach their drivers today and say, hey, we want you to be an ambassador for our brand. Get out there and start recruiting. Um, most drivers will have a uh, some kind of referral code or, you know, a re- recruiting program that they use. Um, so it's, it's just another source of income for a lot of these drivers, too.
0: And thinking about that, I noticed when I first started this job as well, there's a whole plethora of YouTube drivers who just, I guess, record Mm -hmm. their trips. They're talking about it. But I've noticed that with large carriers and other trucking companies, oftentimes it's like a half-hearted attempt where it's like, well, here's our driver spotlight or here's your weekly safety message. Uh, Is is this something where maybe they don't want their drivers to really talk about how it is? Is there a firewall here or is this just we're not in on the cool cool kids game yet and, uh, and still learning the ways?
1: I think I think half of that is um, most of your YouTube truck drivers that you see are guys that are like driven and passionate about the industry. Also, they're trying to grow their own personal brand. Um, whereas some of these like half-hearted attempts by companies, maybe the drivers just not into it. They're not comfortable being in front of camera. I mean, that's part of the reason why you're a truck driver in the first place is you want to be away from people. You don't want to be you know truck drivers don't don't necessarily like having a camera in front of their face all day long. I guess unless unless it's their own camera.
0: What's the driver. I'm. I'm wondering with the driver-facing cameras if the driver is going to ask the company, "Hey, can you just give me that feed real quick? I'm going to do my podcast and just use that front-facing camera."
1: Exactly. Uh, tie their feed into like a Twitch account, and you know, fingers crossed, nothing bad happens while the driver's on the job. But there are a couple of guys out there that that have pretty good numbers out there. Um, you know, you, you grow your audience on Twitch, and uh, the tips start start rolling in, and it's nice passive income.
0: That's what blows my mind. A lot of folks understand there's uh, this this whole social media world. There's even the ones where people are getting tips by saying like banana and other random word <laughs> combinations. And if you give them coins, which you buy for real monetary transactions, then they say it in like a rapid fire succession. So we've almost started gamifying this con- this process of content. And it's like you're regurgitating it for tons of money.
1: Yeah, and some channels will have like content locked behind a paywall, so you gotta pay to like see exclusive content. Other times it's just, you know, somebody's a fan and they wanna give you some spare change as, as like a thank you. Um every once in a while on the the, What the Truck uh TikTok stream, somebody will throw like a coin here and there, like one coin I think is worth like half of a fraction of a penny. Um but the other day we got a tip from some guy that was like on his end he paid hundred and forty dollars, but after TikTok gets their cut, you know, we're left with $50. So you don't have to be a big account out there. You just have to have uh, a constant uh, constant output of content and an audience that's willing to listen to what you have to say.
0: Before we dive into how to get good at trucking social media, is that cut? TikTok makes their money, I'm assuming, off the cut. Do other platforms mm-hmm. as well take a cut if you get like a Twitch uh, token or something else? Are you always yeah. having to pay homage to someone else before you even get it?
1: Well, with Twitch, uh, they'll have ads in between certain spots of the, of the stream. I believe it's up to the content creator, uh, whether you, they do like a pre-roll ad or halfway through or a banner or whatever. But yeah, a lot of times it's, they'll have like um, special emojis that are like locked behind a paywall on their on their account. So if you want to be able to like have a special emoji that's tied just to that channel, you got to subscribe to them. And it's, it's a monthly fee. And yeah, Twi- Twitch is making money hand over fist with this.
0: Holy moly. I need to get in on this. But mm-hmm. speaking of people who want to get in on this action, starting out in trucking, supply chain, social media, uh, it does feel at least, well, I mean, I've been doing this for two years, so I don't have a very long timeline of thinking about it, but it does feel like there's getting a lot of traction and buzz in this space. Uh, for folks who are looking from the outside in, what is it like right now? Because it kind of feels like the Wild West.
1: Yeah. Trucking has been around. It, it's It's a uh... More than 100 year old industry, social media is, you know, barely over a decade. So trying to merge it two really hasn't been uh, something that a lot of companies are interested lately uh, until now, um, especially w- so in driver communities too. a lot of it's mostly just drivers complaining to each other. Um, part of what drew me to FreightWaves uh, was that their audience at FreightWaves is more of like the, the C-suite level guys and FreightWaves understood that, hey, most of our audience is like up here and we're trying to reach guys you know down in on the on the ground floor and also in the middle and i thought that would be a great opportunity to try and merge those two audiences because obviously everybody has stuff that they need to be saying to each other
0: i think that was half of why i took this job as well i was at a startup i was an ops manager i never had any media experience and then it says talk about trucking you get a podcast here we are so i think that that's very (laughs) interesting because you bring up such a great point I've noticed even managing drivers that the communities that exist are typically drivers only. They're either sharing stories or they're complaining about things or trading trips, but they don't really want that information out. They wanna stay insular. And so is that something where uh, we're seeing a new breed of driver influencers and other folks kind of step out of this and say, well, maybe mine path forward is trying to educate these higher up C-suites and get my message out versus just using it as you know internal clout or a grievance board.
1: Yeah, if you're in, a, if you're in a, a a Facebook group, say, with like 50,000 members and everybody's complaining all day long about how, you know, they're struggling to put food on the table and they can't pay their fuel bills and et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, you're out there crushing it. You really are taking a big risk saying, hey, I'm doing great right now. Things are, things are great. You should follow my lead. And most people, one, they're not going to believe you. Um, and probably the other half will attack you saying, how dare you succeed while all, of, all the rest of us are, are, are struggling right now.
0: Negative. uh, That's the one thing that's been I've learned through this uh, social media thing is even negative engagement can be processed in terms of your message. (laughs) Let's say starting out. uh, We want to start a trucking social media thing. I'd be a carrier, a company, whatever. What are the biggest things I need to think about? Is this something where I have to pick a platform or should I work on my messaging and brand? What would you recommend starting out? What should we be aware of?
1: I would say pick a platform first. Um, It is really, really hard to try and grow. So you have TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, threads, I guess is still a thing. I'm not, I'm not too sure. YouTube, um, pick one, maybe two at most, and then hammer as hard as you can on content and growing an audience on that. And then try to branch out because I've been trying to grow all the platforms here with, with originally back the truck up now, what the truck, and it's a struggle. I, I do really well on Twitter. Um, TikTok, we got really lucky, uh, putting out great content on that, but it's, it's hard to try and, copy paste content from one platform to the other, and then hope um, that you'll get the same metrics on either one. Sometimes we'll put a video on, on Twitter, and it'll get maybe a couple 1000 views. But then we put it on TikTok, it'll get half a million. And it goes on Facebook, and it has got like five, you, you just never know.
0: That's what that's what blows my mind. I think that's the biggest hurdle for people getting in this is you have to keep posting, you don't know what works yet. Yes. And you're not big enough to know what works.
1: Yeah, and don't get caught up on like, having low views on something like if you you get lucky and you have something go viral but then like the next five posts you have don't kind of fall flat don't worry about it the beauty of having posts that don't do well is one like nobody sees it so they're only going to focus on the stuff that does really well
0: this episode is brought to you by shopify And that's what kind of blows my mind too, is because uh, I'm trying to work on my own engagement and then, you know, you kind of get uh, frustrated and you don't know what that virality is. So let's talk about uh, X then, because X used to be formerly Twitter, changes okay. in algorithms. Let's say we're going to focus on that. Is there anything, especially in that space, folks want to be aware of compared to, maybe I should do a LinkedIn or maybe a YouTube. Do I have to move my messages around here if I'm a company or if I'm a large company, does is it pay more to be boring on like LinkedIn or x like is there a specific comp fit if, that, if that's what i'm trying to say
1: well okay so we'll, we'll tackle linkedin first the beauty of linkedin is that one is so like corporatized and boring that even just a little bit of like excitement on there does really well unfortunately i i'm like not very good at it but i have like my, our, our mutual friend Reed. uh he's out there crushing it on on uh, instagram right now just because it is such a buttoned up uptight platform typically that you know as soon as you have one guy out there that's like the um, self-appointed court jester. Everybody latches on and says, "Okay, this is our guy. He's hilarious. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna
0: follow his posts." That's uh, I've been seeing a little bit of that as well because it feels like uh, a trap. Let's talk about mistakes traps you can <laughs> fall into. One thing I keep seeing is uh, groups of people who have become large followings. They have this, you know, self-appointed clout, and then they're saying, "Well, you should follow this formulaic thing. You should do, uh, you know, the same." Uh, the same layout every single time and then everyone starts mimicking it. Is that really the way to go or is it really important? What are some of the things you should try to be? Because I do feel like some people get shoehorned into saying the the classic LinkedIn, I saw a cat in the tree and then I let him free. And then now he was my hiring manager and he gave me a job or something like that, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's different tactics that work really well on different platforms. X is, is a good example here. Um, find a really large account that's like talking about stuff that you're interested in and you think that your audience would be too and turn on post notifications on that account so every time they post something on there or they reply to somebody you get an alert on your phone and then see what see what the post is and then try to come up with something that you can either um attribute you can can add on to or repost to, to your audience and what that does is you by gaming the algorithm by because they're such a large account eyeballs are already on them. So if you're like one of the first accounts to reply to them, especially if you have a verified check mark on the account, you'll be pretty much floated up to the top, uh, top of the account. And then within like six, seven, eight hours, by the time, say, 100 people have replied, your comment hopefully should still be kind of at the top uh, uh, of that thread. It doesn't work all the time, but, you know, again, always be posting. So don't just do that with one account, do it with like maybe five or six accounts. And uh, with luck, in a couple of months, you'll, you'll grow uh, a couple thousand followers easily.
0: That's what uh, that's what strikes me because it does. It seems too good to be true. You see these people post. You see they have tons of this. They show how much they're getting paid on this platform because they're getting kickbacks. But uh, then you look at what they do, and it's just nonstop work. Is it, that one of those things? I guess is when you transition from being, you know, a full-time professional driver, you're going in the social media scene. Are a lot of people prepared for the amount of work it takes just to be on this platform and constantly engaging to try and build that? Brute forcing it basically.
1: Yeah, no, because most people, when they when they think of like how it, social media is, they think of how they interact with it typically day to day. They don't think of it as like, this is now my job. And just like any other job, if you want to get really good at it or have good performance, you got to put in the work. And believe it or not, there actually is a lot of work that goes into it because it's it's a lot of it's timing, having stuff uh, already in the chamber, ready to go. And then also being able to think on the fly and have something like if you're competing against five other people that are doing the same thing that you're doing, you need to be a little bit funnier, a little bit edgier, a little bit faster than what they're doing uh, to be able to grow faster than, than they can.
0: So it's like mimetic Darwinism. Cause I noticed that with anonymous yeah. <laughs> accounts as well, because a person doesn't provide their information on X, formerly Twitter, but somehow they also have amassed this giant following through various means. And it, is that kind of what we're talking about as well as you don't even have to put your name on it, but if you just brute force it, and you're you're witty enough, or you're engaging enough. That's kind of where it happens. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, talking tactically about that, like with, with with anonymous accounts, a lot of it is like people, it's somebody working like a nine to five job, and they don't want to get fired for having like a spicy hot take out there. So that's that's usually why most people you know run accounts like that. Um, I've always been very forward, like with who I've never tried to hide behind like an anonymous account. Um, I kind of grew up. I'm I'm 40, so I'm like an elder millennial. Um, And early on in high school, like I was always on like these online communities, and I never I always used my real name. I'd meet people that I knew online. Um, You know, the whole reason I lived in Philadelphia is because of this website Newgrounds, which was like one of the earliest user generated uh, websites out there. So. I, this this whole thing of like never meet strangers from the internet. I've done that my whole life, and it's it's worked out pretty okay so far.
0: And I, that's what I'm kind of curious because I feel a lot of times messaging. I have to talk. I have to plug the enterprise trucking thing in here because that that is what the little <laughs> show subhead says. But when I look at that, a lot of it feels very bland and vanilla. No, you know, they are celebrating things, but it doesn't feel like. It's almost like that first level, the first layer. Congratulations, you have sent some information. But for folks who want to kick it up a notch, is there some kind of additional thing you can add? Because I feel like these large trucking companies don't have much personality. And for the drivers that are younger, tech savvy, they're connected to social media, are they going to have to change to try and recruit them? Or is it just by simply being there, you know, you're just reminding them like Coca-Cola or something? Yeah,
1: it all depends on like what you're trying to do with the account. So brands like McDonald's um, and Wendy's, for whatever reason, were like really uh, amazing at this on Twitter. Um, oh, back when it was called Twitter um, years ago, they had whoever whoever their social media managers that were running these accounts were like um, really clued into like the layers deep of irony that like really perpetuates everything online. Uh, discourse on social media like you can have a corporate account that's like here's mcdonald's eat our burgers enjoy your meal or you can have one that like gets into like twitter beefs with uh the wendy's account and it it, one it makes it makes it fun for the audience but then also it's it's your people that are like engaging in that content don't also realize that they're they're
0: they're watching ads basically it's it's a new type of ad it's weaponized content. And I think that's something that yeah. uh you yeah, know that's a good term. the trucking social media space has lagged behind a lot of times in tech, but it's also lagged behind in messaging. And I think that having this weaponized ability, if you hire the right people, if I'm a large care and I want to revitalize my image or something, I do wonder if that's kind of the way to do it is hire some savvy folks, spruce it up a bit, and then see if that can gain me organic traction versus the constant billboards on the road.
1: That's a, that's a tough, uh, that's a tough task. Cause like, uh, just for example, we'll, we'll use Swift transportation, you know, Swift is the largest, one of the largest, uh, carriers out there. And of course we all know what posts about Swift are typically like, so gotta help them if they want to hire somebody to run like their social media accounts, that's somebody who's going to have to be very good at using like reverse psychology to, kind of play into that, like, okay, yeah, sure. We're all over the place and you, you see what our drivers are up to, but it's also because we're the largest out there. You know, there's, there's a, there's a reason why you see our trucks everywhere It's because we are everywhere
0: so if i'm a swift social media manager let's hypothetically do this and i don't have to charge anyone a few thousand dollars if i hired a a savvy social media say you you were in charge of it would one of the memes which is they can't drive very well and constantly get in accidents would a successful way to counter that brand as well as sponsor it would be to have the no backup accident of the week and highlight a random person and show them successfully backing into a dog while not having an accident or a
1: truck parking spot Sure, and and you know because their fleet is so is so large too, they have drive they have plenty of drivers with millions of miles accident free too. They they could absolutely uh, showcase their drivers too, and make it a point to say, hey, you know if you want to be on, if you if you want to be somebody that's featured on this, come drive for us, and uh, we'll show you
0: how it's done. That's what I'm thinking of. There's a lot of opportunities. Looking at accounts, you had a had a post, I'm having to use the ecosystem now, where Lockheed Martin had about seven <laughs> different accounts for different things. So that brings me to a good question, which is if I am a large company and I'm in the trucking and supply chain or any space, do I need to have seven different accounts? And you said something they had to pay. Is it something where you have to pay more just to have official status if you're a large company?
1: yeah, so you pay eight dollars a month uh, to get a verified blue check mark on your account. or you pay uh, I think it's up to five thousand uh, see that yeah, it's five thousand dollars now for an affiliate account. and then any other account, so like say I'm CNN, CNN pays Twitter five thousand dollars a month, and then every CNN journalist, they have to pay, I believe it's an extra fifty dollars a month to have an affiliate badge. So if you're CNN, you have like the square user icon and a gold badge. Now, if you're a CNN employee that's on Twitter, you'll have a blue check mark and then like a tiny little, uh, CNN logo next to your name too. They're paying $50 a month per account for that. So what Lockheed Martin decided to do was for Lockheed Martin, Lockheed Martin overseas, every single one of their jet fighters. And like, um, like, I think like one of their missile platforms, they're paying $5,000 per month for each of the, one of these accounts when instead they could just pay $5,000 for the Lockheed Martin account and then have all of those other accounts, under affiliate accounts and they're saving tens of thousands of dollars per month
0: hypothetical they have an account for the f-35 the jet that went (laughs) missing would it have been savvy social media policy to post Uh, on the official f-35 twitter account or x account saying have you seen me even yeah exactly
1: even the the um Charleston, uh, I think it was the Air Force Base. Yeah, the Air Force Base that lost the jet was out there saying, "Hey, we're we're trying to find this thing." They could have one hundred percent glommed onto this and re- you know killed it with the engagement. But they're paying five thousand dollars a month for nothing, for absolutely nothing.
0: It feels like there's a fear, and I do wonder if this is an issue because maybe your traditional marketing people are worried about negative opinions in the brand space. Should this be something where maybe they should test it out, A-B test it, and say, uh, you know, have something a little funny and spicy, tongue-in-cheek, recognizing it, have you seen me look for this? Or is it because they're large and publicly traded? Because I've seen this before. You become almost unable to do anything, and you just come off as this boring and stuff by, by design. Because you're too fearful.
1: Yeah, yeah, and also the fear of like you know annoying an advertiser that that that'll chase um a lot of the fun out of these spaces too. But I I think um what companies need to realize too is that advertisers can be in on the fun on this as well. As long as you're not like you know flat out attacking something, um you you can have fun with it.
0: That's What I'm thinking about, I, I especially was thinking of uh, was it, it may have been Wendy's which took the alien and did a burger thing and because the, they, they picked <laughs> up on the, the current trend. Um, kind of thinking of biggest mistakes then because I know is, is there any that it, we've started an idea? I'm going to pitch this to my boss, I want to do this social media stuff. What are the biggest pitfalls that you see that could either you know? make it not succeed or maybe get my butt in trouble if i am one of those companies where they say they like it but then they say oh well i didn't like it actually
1: well if you're a company that's spending five thousand dollars a month for you know that twitter affiliate account and you're not getting enough engagement to try and you know pay for those costs you know that's 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 a that's a big cost right there a big mistake um the other one too is is again it's going out and just attacking an advertiser unknowingly you know if you have a social media person who's out there just you know shooting, shooting off rockets left and right. Um, but then also not realizing like, Hey man, that, that person you just, you know, flames in front of our big audience is, you know, keeping the lights on, you know, you gotta be a little more savvy about uh, that kind of stuff.
0: I learned that the hard way as well. If you share information and it does pick up and it gets viral and 30,000 eyeballs see it, you don't know which eyeball may have gotten angry or inadvertently been like, Hey, you shouldn't have done that, friend. And then you kind of have an owned goal. So that, I guess that's probably the thing is, is you have to have that balance between. It's it's like a tightrope.
1: Yeah, yeah, and because it's uh it, because it's via text, you you when you read something different, everybody might read it and, and interpret the tone uh, a different way.
0: That's what I uh, yeah, because it's like uh 70 percent of our communications, like body language and like text, is like ten percent. The other twenty yeah. percent is like my. Uh, yeah, 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 wait, yeah, textual contexts. So, um, looking at that, uh, trying to wrapping things up a little bit here, got a little bit of time left. Um, look into the future. Uh, a lot of things on FreightX, not associated with the company FreightX. I think there's a company FreightX, but Freight yeah. on X, free advertising for them. They need to jump in, they need to call us. But, um, <laughs> you know, what are the opportunities there? Because I know that that's what I'm focusing on. So I'll admit I'm a little biased right now. LinkedIn and Fredex are the two platforms I've chosen. What are your thoughts? Because it does feel like there is this grassroots wellspring group of logistics people that are becoming more active that I haven't seen in the past two years at least.
1: Yeah. It- most of this stuff has been on LinkedIn for, for years um, and people are a little more buttoned up on that because one is, you know, you got your, your, your name and where you work pretty much out there for everybody to see. Whereas on, on X, it's, it's a little more behind uh, a, a wall, so to speak, um, I think I just think it's a lot more fun happening on there right now. Um, we're, we're growing it. Um, a lot more people are posting than ever before. Uh, and if t- every time I find somebody you know that is a Freightways employee, I, I shout them out. I'm like, "Hey, anybody in the space, you know, st- uh, start following us." And within like a week or two, they've got like hundreds of followers. So it, yeah, it really works.
0: Final strats. I saw this online. If you have X amount of followers, you reply? If you have Y amount, you can start posting. Is there a strat, or just keep throwing out as much as you can? Reply, post, pics, commentary, whatever.
1: I'll always be posting. Always be posting.
0: Okay, perfect. That's why I wanted to make sure we're doing. <laughs> we're we're gonna figure this out as we go, you know. But uh, you know, closing thoughts from your experiences in trucking. If there's any 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 coolest thing at least coming over to FreightWaves, what's cool thing you gotten to do so far here?
1: Oh man, that's a that's a tough one. Having my own podcast for a bit uh, with Rooster was really fun. Um, always wanted one, and I was able to. So, fun little tangent on this. If you are too timid about going into podcasting, or you think you're you're never gonna make it big out there. All you need to do is make 21 episodes and you're in the top 1%
0: of all podcasts ever made. Period. Oh, we're doing well then. So. Congratulations for us. I think we're at number 68. So congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir, for making us a part of the award-winning podcast here at Freight Waves called Loaded and Rolling. Justin, pleasure to be on. Folks want to reach out more. I know we have your handle on there. We're going to get in touch with you or find out more about like what you're working on.
1: Yeah, so my personal Twitter is at Super Trucker. Uh, I also run uh, at FW What the Truck. Same for uh, TikTok. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at What the Truck.
0: Perfect. Justin, thanks for coming on as well, talking about some of the strats here, what works. I will see you on the interweb, sir.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: It's going to be a wrap for today's show, but if you're just joining us live, this thing's going to be on YouTube as well as Apple and Spotify. We have a newsletter loaded and rolling. The newsletter comes out thursdays at 2 p.m. eastern A little combination of trucking news and stuff as well. Don't forget folks if you are uh, if you're interested in social media always be posting. And also speaking of posting join us next week 1 p.m. on tuesday. We'll do it live.